0: Welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. I am Andrew. And I'm Cody. Welcome all. Yeah, and this week we have a very special episode. That's right. Uh, we went to I like Comic Con.
1: I like Comic Con 2018, the very first. <laughs> the very I like first Comic Con. We were there. Yep. Origins and Adaptations. You heard it here. We
0: interviewed a lot of artists and a writer. We did. Uh, And we had an awesome time.
1: It was was a really nice time. I've never actually interviewed anyone in the comic book world before. I've
0: never interviewed anyone before. I can't say that. And it definitely shows, but...
1: Well, (laughs) you know,
0: some things are rougher than others. Yeah, you know.
1: It also helps when you have a good person to talk to. Yes. A good interviewee. Interviewee. It makes all the difference in the world because... It really does. Because it just does. Trust us.
0: Well, so we're not going to... Uh, delay any longer. The first person that we interviewed was Joel Adams. Great guy. Uh, he was a great guy, and he—if you don't know—he does thing. He did things like uh, the character design work for King of the Hill. That's mm-hmm. uh, what he's most known for. Yeah, it's what he's most known for. He's working on a new series of characters called Little Monsters in the Night. I think is what it was. I think so. And then. He's also done stuff for his dad when he worked for his dad mm-hmm. on, like, Bucky O'Hare and stuff like, like that. Clap. Yeah, and then, and of, of course, course, he does clear. a lot of things
1: with the King of the Hills, with the King of the Hill characters where they're He's in other really you know, superhero <laughs> uniforms, or <where> they're in <laughs> yeah. some oh, yeah. other... That's uh, so you can sing yeah. the audio. Loops. No, 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 I mean yeah. clapping yeah. with a your cool microphone so, in your hand. So this it is going, going to be the interview. Okay, we need to start. you go.
0: Welcome to Origins Adaptations at I Like Comic Con. I am Andrew. And I'm Cody. And we
2: are here with Joel Adams. Joel Adams. Joel
0: Adams. Yeah. Uh, And we're just, you know, hanging out, chilling. Chilling. Yeah. And we have some questions for you. Okay. So our first question is, uh, what got you into comics?
2: Well, I come from a family of artists. If you don't know uh, who Neil Adams is, Neil Adams comic book legend, well, he's my dad. So I grew up around comic books and just kind of felt like the natural thing to do. We grew up in a creative family where Mm -hmm. if we wanted to be creative, it was encouraged. So. I, you know, kind of fell into it yeah. and uh, did some dabbling
1: in comic books. That's awesome. And Quick question: yeah. uh, When you were when, when you were a younger artist, when, when you when you were very first starting out, were you were you ever worried about what your dad was going to think, or when you, when you were like a kid first starting to work out?
2: Uh, as far as being an artist, no, yeah, we, no. no. I mean, the only, the thing you worried about was, you know, my my dad was notorious for he he didn't believe you learned from being patted on the back. He believed. That sure. You, he believed that you learned from being told what you were doing wrong. Awesome. So when you did a drawing, you were, you know, you kind of were in a little dread of, all right, now here comes the critique. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so there was that. But no, he, you know, if we wanted to draw. We were encouraged. There was never any, you know. Never any uh, like I always say that all, all little kids can draw but most kids are eventually told to do their math homework mm-hmm. You know if we wanted to draw we wanted to draw mm-hmm. we had to get our math homework done, too But we had to yeah. we, we were allowed to draw.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's That's pretty cool um, And then is if is there any like dream Character that you would ever want to work on like they have never worked on before that you've Always wanted to do and just never had the chance to do
2: if we're talking mainstream comics, mm-hmm. I think there's a part of me that thought I, I might, at one point, want to do like a Nightwing book just because my mm. dad, because just because so cool. my dad had done Batman, yeah. you know, I'm, the, I'm Neil Adams' <laughs> yeah. son, you know, i do, you know, who I would consider the son of Batman would be Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Mm-hmm. So if to do mainstream, that that would be it. But I don't have a whole lot of interest in going mainstream. I have mm-hmm. a lot of my own properties yeah. that. That ultimately, that, the, those would be my goals as far as what I would want to do.
0: Certainly. That's, that's really cool. Really Nightwing cool. is my favorite DC character, so when you said that, I was like, of course, yeah. of yeah. course, yeah. of course. Favorite of both of ours. <laughs> yeah. Mostly his though, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and then is there any artists who, I mean, your dad is probably an inspiration in art, but uh, any artists that you look to for style-wise that's an inspiration um, for you? You've been it for quite a while, so I feel like you might be some inspiration for a lot of others. Uh, so...
2: Um, I think, you know, my style jumps around a lot depending on what it is that I'm working on. And there are a lot of different artists that I I like. A lot of them are kind of Neil Adams base, like Alan Davis, uh, you know, uh, Mark Teixeira, Mike Diodato. You know, so uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Hughes, you know, there's, there's a lot, so much great talent out there to to go off of. I like mm-hmm. uh, illustrators too, Norman Rockwell, Alphonse Mucha. Mm-hmm. So and I look at a lot of different things and I try to, whatever properties that I'm, you know, working with at the time, see what inspirations I can pull into
1: yeah. Yeah. what I'm doing. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, so do you have like a, would you say, a treasured moment in your career where it, where it just like really resonated with you and you like look back at the moment really fondly?
2: You know, it's interesting. It's, it's more about what happened when I got out of doing things. Like I, I was the lead character designer for King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I go on the road, I, you know, showing some King of the Hill stuff with me. And the fan response to King of the Hill, you didn't really understand when you're working on a show. It wasn't until I got out and I was out there meeting fans. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was at a shows at San Diego Comic-Con and this girl walks up to my booth not a girl i would expect to see at a comic-con the girl Mm. looked like looked like a runway model was beautiful she walks up to my booth and she's got tears in her eyes and she's looking at all my stuff and she said i I just need to tell you before my dad passed away king of the hill was the thing that we would do together wow you know and it's it's little moments like that that happen for me it shows that gave me a new appreciation for what i had already done Mm -hmm. you know so i I think it's i think it's that i think it's the meeting the fans like doing these conventions have been a really kind of special thing Mm -hmm. you know because i've I've done comics i've done animation i've done all these things and yeah they all have their great little moments within it but that was a different kind of appreciation and that was uh i really i really appreciate that
1: sure that's that's really
0: cool yeah that's really awesome Um, and then last, uh, we just want to ask, is there anything that you want to promote now that you are currently in the works of or that you're uh, about to venture forth and start doing that you just would like people to know about? Well, mm-hmm.
2: I'm doing a lot of conventions, and I hope people come out and see me. Uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm kind of hoping this year to get, I have a pro- property that I started a long time ago called uh, Little Creatures of the Night that I'm... Uh, Gonna make another big push on hopefully this coming year, and that'll be that'll be the thing to look for from me. But I'm am da- I'm, I'm back to dabbling again. Like I'm gonna do some covers for some people, uh, and maybe a little creatures. I could e- it will either be a, a, a comic book or it might be webisode animation. Mm-hmm. I'm deciding which direction I want to go in, and I'm doing lots of fun stuff at shows.
0: Yeah, awesome.
2: Well, I want to thank you for
0: your time. Uh, it's been great talking with you. Thanks so much. And learning more about just the creative process and. Uh, what got you into comics and stuff like that? So really cool. Thank you. Well, thank Have you. Have a great rest of your day, Joel Adams. That interview was pretty fun for the first one. Yeah, yeah
1: he was honestly. really, really low key. Yeah, really easy. Really, really easy to talk to. We we uh, had to make some arrangements for setting up. That was so awkward. And on, on the spot, we, we were like, how? How do we do this? Yeah. We, we've never done this we've before. We've never done this before. And we didn't have like a bench. We didn't have a place to just... Interview people. Inter- at. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, um, have, we didn't have a booth. I didn't
0: I didn't want to take them away from their booth. Right. I wanted them to be there uh, looking at their merchandise and stuff like that.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Which made for some great B-roll.
0: Yeah, it did. And this guy had a big booth. Mm-hmm. And you had to like walk around and go inside it. Yes. And then we sat down next to him. You'll see in the video, so we're going to do videos of this. Yes, this will be posted <laughs> all eventually. Yeah. And so you see us just sitting there next
1: to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh he was I think he gave the quickest responses. Yes. He and very did. very accurate.
0: hmm Almost um, like he's been asked these questions probably before.
1: Well, he probably has, but I also I liked that interview because I was in, uh, sparked to ask him a particular question because of who his dad is. Now, not everyone who writes has a parent who is also a legendary writer, mm-hmm. yeah. and I I asked him a few questions. Yeah, and like, it was, like like y'all heard. It was just kind of like different than what the other view. You, you'll it's different than what you'll see the other interviews mm-hmm. are. Each interview has their own take, which oh, I yeah. think is really cool. I mean, they're all their own <clears throat> unique individuals, but you have to also personalize questions mm-hmm. if you've spoken to someone or in situations like Joel Adams, we already know who he was. Yeah. Um, so. so, yeah. Our next interview is Mr. Terry. Blass. Yes. So we got that right this time. Yes. All right. As you'll see, I say his name wrong. Well, neither one interview. of us were certain how to pronounce his last name. It's,
0: uh, it's B-L-A-S, and so... I didn't know if it was, like, Blaze.
1: Well, ever, since that, ever since that incident, I'm like, Terry Blaze. Bla- I, I just don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Um. So I, did you, have I ever told you about my phobia of getting people's names wrong? No. Sometimes there's people, certain people whose names I will not use until I've known them for, like, a few months and have some sort of rapport with them, because I'm worried I'm going to be like, hey, Dwayne, and the guy's like, it's Wayne. <laughs> I, d- I just have a fear of that ever happening. Okay. So, so yeah. Awesome. Well, I did it this
0: time, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> okay. Uh, the interview was, it was pretty fun. He's done work for uh, like comics like Regular Show and more of that indie kind of, I don't want to say childlike because his, the stuff he does work for isn't childlike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's that, same art style that regular show and adventure time are kind of in. And he has a couple of other works coming out that sound really fun that you'll hear about in the interview, uh that I'm really excited about. And he was he was a cool dude. Yeah, he was a really easy interview, gave quick, good mm-hmm. answers. Yeah, definitely.
1: Very well solid guy.
0: Uh enjoy the listen. We're origins and adaptations here at I Like Comic Con. Yep. I am Andrew. And I'm Cody. And this is Hi, I'm Terry Blass. <laughs> Terry Blass, he's really cool. Nice to meet you. We, you too. He's pretty, pretty cool guy. Thank uh, you for agreeing to do this interview. Yeah, sure, yeah. it's always fun. It's always a blast. Um, so we just wanted to know, just get started into it. What got you into comics? I know that you have a webcomic, right? And you love art and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, um, I guess ever since I was little, I like telling stories. And I like to draw. So when I sort of married the two, it seemed like the best way to... Um, tell the stories I wanted to tell. I liked cartoons and stuff, too, but animation is a much lengthier mm-hmm. process, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed drawing comics.
1: That's that's awesome. Yeah. Any uh, early influences in particular?
3: I mean, in terms of comics, the first some of the first comics I read and bought were, like, Calvin and Hobbes, Bone. Mm-hmm. I loved the Bone. I still love the Bone series. Um, and then, of course, I bought, like, a ton of X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of the yeah. comics that were big in, in the 90s, like... Um, Gen 13 and mm. Crimson and stuff like that but <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah awesome uh, and we just want to know is there a treasured memory with uh, while you're drawing as you're going to the conventions and stuff like that that you that speaks out to you the most when uh, thinking back on your your career in co- drawing
3: um I don't know but if there's one specific memory but I think that every time that I do a convention, and it's a chance to sort of connect with other people that like your work or like the same kinds of things that you enjoy. I think that sort of helps fuel, you know, your energy to continue making more stuff and to continue working in comics. Um, so I really enjoy doing shows, and I think that they're a lot of fun. Awesome. So- uh, and
0: then just last but not least, uh, what are you doing? What are, Like anything in motion
3: uh, that you just want everyone to know about? Sure, yeah. Um, I have a new graphic novel with Oni Press that I wrote with Molly Muldoon. Um, the art's done by Matthew Seeley and it's called Deadweight Murder at Camp Bloom and it's a fat camp murder mystery. Oh wow. And um, that will be out in April, I believe April 25th, and it's available for pre-order now. And at uh, Emerald City Comic Con, we'll be doing a signing. Um, And then Natalie Noragat and Benjamin Dewey and I I created a series called Nettles the Witchicorn, about a little witch that got bit by unicorns. Now (laughs) she has a horn, um, and she does magic, and we're debuting that at Emerald City, too.
0: Awesome! Whoa. I definitely go and check all of those out because they sound fantastic. Unique. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys for Thanks, everyone. tuning in. Uh, this has been Terry Blaise.
3: Blast! Blast! Blast!
0: Uh, and he's been really cool. So. Cool. See ya.
1: So that was our interview with Terry Blas.
0: Yeah. Uh, what I liked about this interview is, uh, his work was unique. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't. A full-on comic. Like, he's an artist, and he does a lot of web stuff as well, uh, web comic stuff. I
1: know yeah, there that. were a lot of artists there who I could tell their influence for comics probably isn't anything that's closely related to what I, what I enjoy. Yeah. Meaning the whole superheroes, guys in tights beating the crap out of each other type of yeah, thing. No, a lot of these new writers and artists aren't into that kind of thing. I'm pretty
0: sure <laughs> everyone we asked when we said, what what is your inspiration? I don't think any of them gave an answer that I, I expected.
1: No, not one guy was like, "Oh, Jack Kirby." Well, one guy said Jack Kirby, but no one, no one said Bill Finger. No yeah. one said uh, Jerry Siegel or Joel Schuster or well, Bill Finger's a writer. So. Yeah, what's up? Bob Kane is the one that you're thinking of. Um. Well, I I guess I just mean like the co- well, yeah, but yeah. I, I just mean any common oh, okay, okay. name. Yeah, yeah. Cuz Bill Fink... well, yeah, that's true cuz Bob Kane is the bigger name. Yeah. But no, I mean cuz we did interview
4: one uh, one writer and then yeah.
1: several several artists. But yeah, it's just kind of I don't know.
0: It it was it was interesting. I like the the aspect that cuz since I'm not an artist, it's like mm-hmm. I'm not looking to in my mind, I see artists who are looking at other people's work, and it's like, how do I define my style through these, like, through the work that other people do? Like, yeah. And that's not the case.
1: It seems like everyone... They weren't names that are featured in a lot of the comics that you and I No,
3: read.
0: they were trying to come up, uh, like, one person, he was a colorist, and so he he didn't do the actual inking, mm-hmm. and so the people that influenced him were, like, actual, like, still paint Mm-hmm. water paint kind of stuff, uh, which was really cool to hear about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool just hearing
4: Terry talk.
0: Was, that was like the, talk. The, the bat TMNT? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was really cool just to hear uh, Terry talk about uh, what got him into the art world and what he has going on um, from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. The next person that we interviewed uh, was our personal favorite,
1: Ron Randall? Ron Randall. Oh, yep. And I
0: really, really liked Ron Randall. Uh, he
1: was uh, the sweetest guy. Like, I yeah. y- you'd want him to be your uncle.
0: Yeah. He was just so cool. Really cool guy. Uh, he talked a lot about what, uh, how he first got started, which is a really unique and interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then what he's currently working on, which is a cool project, and I totally bought into
1: it. Uh, so, yeah. I thought out of anything, any, out of everyone we interviewed, mm-hmm. if I if I was a comic book artist, yeah. I want my stuff to look that way. Yeah, and they're all really talented. Mm-hmm. But his was the stuff like he did Trekker, correct? Yeah, yeah. His art is just so perfect. And when he was talking about it, like you, you guys will hear when he's talking about his artwork, he knows every little thing. Yeah, you you remember when he's talking about you'll you guys yeah, 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 you you guys will yeah, see yeah. Andrew knows. Yeah,
0: uh, so. Take a listen, take a listen. This is Origins and Adaptations, and we're here at I Like Comic Con. I'm Andrew. I'm Cody. And this is Ron Randall. Ron Randall. Ron Randall. Really awesome artists, Uh, some of the classics. Um, I really like your Supergirl run, as well as uh, Future Quest, right? Right. Okay, I love Future Quest. When they announced it, I was just like, that's the best idea ever. (laughs) Um, uh, So really cool that we're able to talk with you um, Mm -hmm. today. First off, what got you into comics?
4: Well, when I was a little kid, I, I read comics. Back then, comic books were just ubiquitous. They were everywhere. They were like uh, they were like bubblegum and, and uh, candy bars. You mm-hmm. would just, you'd just go to the convenience store, or you'd be out at the supermarket with your mom, and she'd buy you some candy and a comic book to sort of shut you up. So they were just <laughs> they were just part of the environment. Yeah. And, I mean, the early ones I remember when I was a little kid were be Mighty Mouse comic books. Yeah. Uh, I got... Uh, uh, the Disney's, you know, Peter Pan, a comic book of that, and the classics illustrated of Robin Hood, which is okay. a good introduction to sort of that sort of adventure mm-hmm. world stuff. Um, so I w- they were always there, and I read like, you know, the Superman comic books and DC comics, and then a little later discovered some of the early Marvel comic books. The first one I remember reading was a Thor, uh, okay. Kirby Thor issue from way back in the day, and those are pretty cool comic books. So, mm-hmm. Um, the, the bug bit early and deep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so you talked about like the Robin Hood, uh, sort of side of things and with the comics and with that, was that probably like your inspiration going forward was, what would you say is your biggest inspiration with going forward with the comics?
4: Well, actually I, I'm fortunate that I have a very specific answer to that question. The, I, I, I vividly remember the, the aha moment for me. I was at the shelf in the, the comic shelf in a in a local store and br- browsing through the books and I saw the cover for a book and I'd never seen anything like it before. It wasn't a Superman comic book, it wasn't a Fantastic Four comic book. It was the cover for Flash Gordon number five from King Comics in 1967. And, wow. and it's a Flash Gordon, he's got these, uh, these tight white pants and the, the brown leather boots mm-hmm. and a blue jacket, and he's holding a blaster out, and he's crouched, and he looks just amazing. It's like this romance with a capital R, that romantic, high blown adventure, and illustrated wonderfully and impeccably. And I just looked at it, and then I opened it up, and there's Flash and Dale Arden and Dr. Zarkov and they're wading through a swamp and there's like spotted lizards and huge mushrooms and creepy vines everywhere and I just, my mind was blown. I had yeah. not seen a world pictured that vividly before and and I was just hooked and mm. the, the drawing felt was gorgeous and of course it was Al Williamson was the artist. So I saw that book and I didn't say I'd like to maybe be a comic book artist. I said, mm-hmm. I want to be that guy. <laughs> that I want to, you know, Kill him, skin him, and wear the Al Williamson, and just I wanted to be Al Williamson. That's, and that was just a crystallizing moment for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And then from then on, I, you know, pursued the interest and in further, and found my way back to Alex Raymond's Flash Gordon and and uh, Hal Foster's Prince Valiant, and, and and of course Joe Kubert, who like was a disciple of those guys, mm-hmm. and I wound up going to Joe's school. Okay. So my influences are kind of all over the map. There's Kirby in there and and Joe, but al william al williamson was the guy who was the most inspira inspiring to me oh, the most okay. the most energizing for me. that's
0: that's awesome
1: yeah cool um and last but not least is there a favorite
4: or a treasured moment in your career huh. i don't know if i can say one probably the the um the day that i was sitting at a comic convention uh by my little and mind in my own business when mm-hmm. these two tall guys came by me and introduced themselves as uh, mike richardson and randy stradley who were starting up a little comic book company <laughs> mm-hmm. uh dark horse yeah. and uh wow. they invited me to come and work for them and they they gave me this they they said the most amazing sentence i've heard which is if you come and work for us we will pay you and you can do what you want that's and, remarkable and, and that's how I Yeah I, And I realized th- To my credit I realized it was remarkable When I first <laughs> heard the sentence Yeah And so uh, I jumped at the opportunity Basically And that's how I got To create Trekker My uh, nice. science fiction Bounty hunting series A young woman Named Mercy St. Clair So that was Probably the most Galvanizing moment In my professional career When I When I had a chance To create my favorite Project What year was that? Uh, 1985
1: Wow Yeah huh? That's
4: really cool. Um,
0: so is there anything that you would like the people out there to know that you're working on or are currently
4: working on? Well, what a nice segue. Um, <laughs> um, I did Trekker for a long time, then I took a break from it, and I'm back to doing it now. Okay. And uh, starting on February 20th, I'm going to be kicking off a Kickstarter to fund the new Trekker story. The art is done. Okay. The book is ready to go to a printer. Yeah. I just need to fund the the cost of printing and shipping and all that sort of stuff. So I'll have a Kickstarter running and I would love as much support as I can get for that because I've never done one before. Mm-hmm, so, yeah, yeah definitely. So be lo- on the lookout for Trekker
0: um, and uh, Ron Randall. Thank you so much for talking with us. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank See you, you guys later. See so, ya. Yeah, that was Ron Randall. Ron Randall. It was, it was a fun interview. I just by the end of it I was I was ready to do all the rest. Like, yeah, it was. We got a groove on it. He he just talked.
1: Yeah, and it became more of a well, not really a conversation, but it felt more conversational mm-hmm. and as, it felt yeah. more casual because he was taking an interest. Yeah, and we were too. We were just really engaged. Was it him that said it? It didn't feel like an interview. I think it yeah. was him. Yeah, he
0: he told us afterwards. He's like, man, that didn't even feel like an interview. It just felt like we were talking. Yeah, and I was like. Thanks, dude. Yeah, he also
1: was the old, one of the few who actually lingered, mm-hmm. like who actually held back and yeah. he wasn't like, to okay, us. now I gotta go do my
0: own thing. Shoot, yeah. you know, yeah, get no out of here, way. guys. Yeah, he was he was cool like that, and then we went back and talked with him some more, and yeah, it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. I really liked, I really liked his perspective of when he said, "I didn't want to be like him; I wanted to be him." When he's talking about yeah. Williams, <clears throat> and that he wants to like, put his skin on. <laughs> oh. And it was like, oh, this is weird. But I understand. Like, yeah. he was saying that he wants to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, not be like that guy, but actually be him. And so it was really cool hearing that. hes He was probably the oldest person we interviewed. And so. so his stuff was like, his inspirations were from the 60s and the Flash Gordon stuff. and Yeah.
1: And we Googled that cover, and that's an amazing cover. It's a really cool cover. And I remember... Um, we
0: pointed out that in that cover, Flash Gordon looks like he—he he pointed out he's like that guy looks. If you gave him dark hair, that'd yeah. be Han Solo. Yeah,
1: uh, and which it's was so really true. cool.
0: And Trekker, his character that he's made, is definitely looks like a female Han Solo. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna
1: say somewhere between. I don't I mean I don't know what else. Definitely, definitely had a Star Wars vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, she had really cool weapon design, mm-hmm. like her pistol. All the blasters like, her,
0: look really cool. Her, yeah. yeah.
1: Definitely. Well, his is his is some work that I'm interested in checking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then
0: next on the
1: list was uh,
0: Lucy Bellwood. Yes, Lucy Bellwood. Lucy Bellwood. And she was really cool. She was really energetic. Yeah, she was a peach. And uh, she does awesome artwork. So I don't know if she does like an actual comic, but she has – a webcomic that I right. I do
1: know about and then and she's the sole creator for all of it.
0: Yes. She does the writing as well as the the drawing.
1: Which to me that's crazy cuz I yeah. can only think of a few people who are famous for those works. Yeah. Um I know for a long time I thought Frank Miller did all of Dark Knight Returns but he didn't. There is an artist on it. He wrote it. Yeah. And then of course there are things that Frank Miller just did the artwork for mm-hmm. like in the X-Men world. Yeah. So my memory with that kind of thing is bad but one good example of that is uh weapon x written by barry windsor smith he was drawn by it was drawn by him and he did all the dialogue nice which is pretty impressive yeah and so whenever an artist can do this like she did like you know she was talking about how important it was for her to be able to do both and Mm -hmm. yeah so uh enjoy lucy
0: Hey guys, this is Origins and Adaptations at I Like Comic Con. I am Andrew. And I'm Cody. And this is...
5: Lucy Bellwood. Awesome, nice man. Nice to meet
0: you, Lucy. How's, uh, how's your day going?
5: It's been fantastic. I'm having a really lovely time.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, we've been walking around. Yeah. Constantly. A lot of cool artwork today. <laughs> yeah. I get- I'm at this point where it's like, once we're done, that's when I can buy everything because I don't want to carry it all around. I already bought one thing. Yeah, you did. Had to. Had to, had to. Before it's gone, right? Yeah. Before it's gone. Yep. (laughs) So we just wanted to ask you... What was, uh, what got you into drawing comics or just art in general?
5: Mm, Man, okay, so this is always a hard question because it's like, do you start at school? Do you start when your parents draw with you when you're a kid? Mm -hmm. My mom was a cartoonist for a little bit before I was born, so we drew together a bunch when I was young and I was really into drawing as a kid. I had various art mentors. She did a smart thing and connected me with a friend of ours who had gone to RISD and he was a graphic designer but like was way into comics. Oh, wow. And honestly, a lot of that drawing interest came from having a lot of male friends when I was a kid who would not let me play video games with them they would be like i just gotta do this one thing D- just wait while i beat this boss and so i would be bored and i would read the game guide and all the game guides have the cool concept art in mm-hmm. them yeah. and then i would start copying the concept art so like thanks selfish dude bros for <laughs> directing me down the path of becoming an artist no it uh, it all worked out in the end sidebar somebody mentioned the other day that it's really fascinating that now that horrible pastime of being a kid is really popular with like let's plays you know watching other people play video games mm-hmm. has become yeah. a pastime anyway this is irrelevant but I did think it was really interesting uh so yeah I got into drawing comics probably I was reading web comics when I was in middle school and that kind of kicked me over into the world of ladies making web comics and realizing that you didn't have to be a dude to do that which was cool and uh I probably started drawing comics once I got to college but I was writing for a long time and drawing for a long time and I was a little thick and I couldn't get it through my head that you could do (laughs) both of those things in the same medium yeah which is a lot more fun um, but yeah, it's it's not any one thing, and I think that's kind of hard because a lot of folks say, "Oh, I went to school for comics, and now I'm a cartoonist." And like, it's generally more nebulous than that for mm-hmm. most people, and it's really hard to pinpoint when creative practice starts and how it goes and fits and bits all over time. So I did get an art degree in college, but I wouldn't point to that and say, "Oh, yes, I'm a real cartoonist because I have a degree." <laughs> Nobody's ever asked to see my degree. I think it's really rude. I would like to show it to them, but they don't want to see it. have
0: <laughs> Exactly. have it with you at like all times just like this is my art degree yeah my art degree yeah yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so uh you mentioned web comics would you say that that was your main inspiration for what you are doing now uh, with your art style now like what mm. what gave you inspiration for that
5: so i think the first comics i ever read were really a lot of like george booth and uh ronald searle and like all ol- older cartoonists um but a lot of bill watterson too calvin and hobbes was really big for me when i was yeah. young but in web comics i think talking to or seeing comics by folks like uh, Daniel Corsetto and Dylan McConus and Erica Moen were all really influential for me. And I mean, even like when I started out reading stuff, it was kind of Penny Arcade and PvP mm. and VG Cats, cause yeah. that was the milieu of all of these other guys who I was friends with at the time. And as I started to develop as a person and like recognize that I had my own interests, mm-hmm. s- some of which could have to do with being a girl, it was like <laughs> weird. Yeah. Uh, Tomboy is like a strange space for that yeah. stuff. Um, mm. Have either of you read Liz Prince's graphic novel, Tomboy? No. It's I've heard about it. it's great. It's really great. It's a spectacular examination of like all of that kind of power dynamic uh, gender stuff, and it's it's really good. I related to it really hard. Um, cool. But yeah, a lot of the visual interest came from cartoonists who were doing largely auto-bio work, um, largely, like, conf- not confessional, but honest. You know, like, human, funny, honest, mm-hmm. open yeah. storytelling. And as somebody who was never really pulled in by big grand uh i mean i read a lot of like young adult fiction but in terms of comics i wasn't reading elfwood or um god what what or elf quest sorry not elfwood was the online art community for fantasy artists that i was a part of uh, <laughs> back in the old internet days uh but yeah i wasn't as drawn to fictional storytelling and so the notion of hey you could do auto bio really fed into what i ended up doing which was autobiographical comics about yeah that uh, is very unique being an adventurer yeah, yeah which that's is great really cool
0: <laughs> yeah i see a lot of i don't know if this was uh on purpose but when i see it i just see tintin like, um,
5: i get that a lot yeah, yeah and i take it as a huge compliment i uh, yeah. i'm always really honored when anyone makes that comparison yeah.
0: it's a uh, it's really cool it makes me actually just want to dive right into it so oh, it's really really awesome also stuff good
1: for the maritime
5: yeah effect. yeah yeah. yeah
0: i do that on purpose <laughs> second second pun i've made on an interview without without purpose but.
1: One more question. Uh, if you could, could you pick a favorite moment in your career? A point where you thought, like, wow, I've got this nailed down, or wow, <laughs> I really I really did my best here, and it's, like, the best thing I've done, or mm. do you have a special moment?
5: Okay, Th- this is hard. I think... Most of the time, the, the moments that really get to me are when I get to connect with people about work that I've made. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll draw stuff and think like, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. good shit right there. <laughs> but a lot of the time, it's drawing something and having a, a, a conversation or a connection with an audience. So, so much of my career is built around social media and sharing and like giving my audience a direct route to me, a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the project I have coming out this year is called 100 Demon Dialogues, and it's from a sort of public drawing project I did last year where I did a new page of a comic every day for 100 days, which was a conversation between me and this little character that represented all of my imposter syndrome and anxiety and self-doubt and creative, Mm. you know, whatever. And it was about trying to learn to live with that voice and form a symbiotic relationship. And the final entry was originally going to be more about the demon having demons of his own and Mm. it was going to be this recursive thing but over the course of the project so many people had told me oh my god I relate to this I have this anxiety I thought I was the only one I didn't think it was you know there there was a lot of community feeling and the last entry of the series I ended up having the little demon character go outside and be greeted by this sea of people who were Mm. all holding their own demons and having this moment of like recognition that we all have that characteristic and the morning that i posted that was like maybe top 10 top 5 moments of my career because the entry went up and all of these people who had been so invested over the last three months just started commenting like i'm crying i'm bursting in like this is so good like oh my god we all have this thing we're all together in this and it was really nice it was like a group community moment so that's that's the most recent one that was really meaningful to me.
0: And then, last but not least, uh, would you say that's going to be the thing that you want people to know about recently? Is that coming out soon? Projects that you're doing? Uh, okay. Yeah,
5: I would say so. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that's happening this year, so I'm going to be touring that book around a lot. It's called 100 Demon Dialogues. I made a plush demon, which I'm really excited about. Which I probably should... <laughs> grab- wait, hold this.
1: Yeah, bring it Show up. Show and tell. Show and tell time. <laughs> oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah.
0: That's He's awesome. He's also,
5: like, really... Fun to toss around because he has beans in his butt. It's very, it's got good heft. Mm. Um, And the nice thing about this is that you don't really have to have read the book to know that you could just like dropkick that and it would be really (laughs) exciting and uh, satisfying. But yeah. It looks like
0: you'd be happy to be
5: dropkicked. Yes. Because he's a jerk. I mean, really. Mm. This asshole.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for your time. I'm so glad that we can talk. Thank you, Lucy. And (laughs) I appreciate uh, it so much. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye. What I liked about this interview is. Ron Randalls was unique and interesting, and he was a really cool guy. Uh, but
1: she was just ready. She was ready to talk. She was just a bile. She uh, was a, a ball bo- of fire. She, yeah, she really wanted to really dig in yeah. deep and just tell mm-hmm. her or just yeah, tell her everything side of the
0: story. And it was really cool, and we really appreciated the answer she gave. Uh, I'm I'm interested in her book that's coming out a uh, hundred. I think it's A Hundred Day of Demons or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that is a toy demon that
1: she pulled out. Yeah. It's like so, a little stuffed animal. It's it's actually kind of cute and silly looking. You'll see
0: it once again in the YouTube videos that we're going to be posting, but she, she has a, like, it's a black demon cute looking thing mm-hmm. that you can essentially just... She said you can just throw it and kick it, and it's the best thing ever. Yeah. So it sounds like a stress stress relief, stress relief doll. Mm-hmm uh which is really cool
1: just drop Uh, kick it drop kick it man drop kick it but that's related to one of her titles
0: yeah which should be coming out soon i think she said within the next few months is when she's going to be starting to uh promote it and Mm -hmm. take it to comic cons and stuff like that uh so i'll definitely be looking out for her stuff yeah as well uh and one thing i will say that I didn't before on the Ron Randall is he has a Kickstarter for his new Trekker series. That's going to, Oh yeah. That's launched. And if he wants to get the second novel out, which he, he's already got the art done and the writing, he just needs print. Uh, and so for the second trade to go out, he needs, mm-hmm. uh, he needs his, um, Kickstarter to go
3: through.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, this next one was
1: who is this next one? Jeremy Coldwell. Oh yeah, yeah. He did the Spider-Man and Green Goblin artwork that is in yes. that that uh, yeah, yeah, artwork, yeah. the art piece that I gave you. Yes, he is. Yes, he did. Not he is, but he did. Very talented artist. Yeah, uh, colorist. Was he? Was was, was he? He might there were a couple have... guys that were colorists then. I thought. I th- I feel no. Most of them were the artists and
0: colorists, like Terry Block. Bloss. Blass. Oh my gosh, I did it
3: again. <laughs> Terry Blass.
0: Uh, Terry Blass and then Joel Adams. He was the artist and colorist. He was the only one that we talked to that was just the colorist. Okay. Yeah, why he, did, he didn't do the art. I don't. So I don't know if he did the artwork we for interv- that.
1: We interviewed eight people. We're, yeah. we're presenting seven. Yeah. Um, why am I drawing a blank? I thought there was one other person, but I mm-hmm. guess I'm, I must be... Thinking of the same guy,
0: yeah, and he did the. So he's his most famous work that he he has done is the Batman and te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so his was it was a really fun talk as well. We asked him what his favorite uh, TMNT character is, and yeah, um, getting getting his perspective as someone who has just now entered
1: into the DC realm, mm-hmm. he was also I thought really. He was really interested in in talking about yeah, it too. Yeah, definitely. It's nice when people are just passionate about their work and they want to share it. Mm-hmm. I think for some people, maybe especially if they're newer in the business, I can only imagine that they would be a little bit apprehensive like about interviews. They don't mm-hmm. really know what it's about. Yeah. They're worried about giving out too much information. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And who knows? They might have thought we had an agenda, but it's like, of course we don't. We, we have, have an agenda. Our ag- well, our agenda is just pushing comic books as far as we can, as far as yeah. you know, reach and interest. Because we- I know a lot of our listeners haven't ever... Picked up a comic book. And just
0: promoting the people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But um he was one of those dudes who he just wanted to discuss his work. Yeah. And, and uh, he was he was really into it. So enjoy.
0: Hey guys, this is Origins and Adaptations. We're here at I Like Comic Con. I am Andrew.
1: And I'm Cody, and this is Jeremy Caldwell. Nice to meet you, Jeremy. Oh. How are how are you doing today?
6: I'm actually having a great day. Any day at Comic Con is good.
1: That's
0: a good outlook. That's a good outlook. I like that outlook. Panel tomorrow? We're going to do that
6: Hopefully a panel tomorrow. Um, Yeah, theoretically at 2 o'clock, I'll be doing a what do you do in comics, uh, explaining the coloring portion of making a comic. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, And that can segue right into our first question, which is uh, what got you into coloring, uh, the coloring aspect, actually, of comics?
6: Um, Well, my background is in traditional oil on canvas painting, Uh, graduated from UW about way too long ago. (laughs) And uh, yeah, using the color theory that I learned there and the painting techniques, I kind of developed my own style of having um, not quite the traditional comic book look, but more of Mm -hmm. a much more organic look. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to kind of, people liked it and it just took off for me.
1: Did you have specific influences on doing that style?
6: Um, Not in comic book world. Um, It was more as a traditional painter. My influences, uh, well, Cezanne
0: is one of my big ones, but yeah. Awesome. <laughs> cool. And uh, I know that you did the Batman TMNT coloring, so I just want to ask you, which of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is your favorite?
6: Uh, probably Raphael. It's <laughs> my
0: personal favorite Classic. as well. Oh, Michelangelo, Michelangelo. <laughs> they're all
1: great for their own reasons.
0: Definitely. And they're, it's just a great series altogether. For
1: me, it's Michelangelo for the personality. For fighting, I always loved Leo. Leo's a good Leo's, one. yeah. yeah. The swords, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, um,
0: just going forward, is there anything that you want to promote at all or get out there that people want to know? Um, right now, I'm working on the volume two of
6: the Batman Turtles. It's uh, Issue number three is out, and uh, four, five, and six are coming soon. And I've got section zero with Carl Kiesel, who is here, and Tom Grummet, their long-awaited uh, return. Is coming back, and I'm doing three issues. It's all collected in that, mm-hmm. and a variety of other things. Uh, I got a big graphic novel with legendary pictures, comics, whatever, uh,
1: coming up soon too. Awesome. awesome. Last but not least, what is your m- most memorable moment in your career, or your favorite moment in your career thus far?
6: Uh, my favorite moment in the career so far would be getting the my first gig in in at DC being on Batman with the Batman Turtles. Wow. Um, and having that just be so fan supported um, and everybody really seemed to enjoy it and that was a great way to really launch into the the big time yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, I still yeah. consider myself quite the noob so <laughs> uh, it, yeah it was a great way to, to get started and, and that really made me feel really welcome into the, the professional industry set. Yeah. yeah,
1: It's quite an accomplishment.
0: Definitely. And uh, yeah i this this comic just flew off the page for me I was just like reading every bit of it I think I read in like 20 minutes it' was just like I loved every just page It's just so colorful and it's incredible and so James
3: well,
6: James Tinian just he, he's an amazing writer he just he nailed the, the voices the, voice, the characters yeah. and then Freddie's exaggerated muscles mm-hmm. and yeah storytelling, they look great. it was just yeah, yeah. It, it was great
0: I love in the the trade in the back it has the illustrations of like each of the characters and like the different facial positions and you're like oh I can tell which each one are without like reading what they are because of just how he's got that personality down in their faces.
6: Freddie is a huge fan uh, of turtles and well comics and and pop culture of the 80s in general (laughs) so yeah him being able to
1: I mean he knows everything Mm -hmm. everything about the turtles so that's awesome well Well, well, yeah the faces and the action poses and stuff are just such highlights like it Mm -hmm. just it Like, just the facial expressions on the turtles. Yeah. Like, it's just perfect. Definitely.
0: Uh, Well, I want to thank you for uh, talking with us today. It was a very fun time. Thanks for asking. uh, We appreciate it, Jeremy. We'll catch you next time. See you guys later. Peace. So that was the interview that I accidentally shortened. (laughs) You accidentally (laughs) shortened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, where you you try
1: and sort of bring the conversation to a halt. Yeah. Yeah. Because our last question
0: always was like, is there anything that you want to promote that you're Mm -hmm. doing currently or that you've done in the past? And I definitely came in way too early with that question. Wow. Um, Which is fine because then you asked the question afterwards, which is, is there any highlight in your career or treasured moment? And that's when he was like, when DC came to me asking if I could do this trade Mm -hmm. and it was really cool just hearing him talking about his first big step into like the mainstream yeah. uh comic industry and it was really cool to hear his take on that. Yeah. Um agreed. And, and before the weird that guy has a son who's in like college.
1: Oh, he he yeah. does not look that old. No, he looks like he would be a parent to a younger kid. Yeah,
0: like a like a 8-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. This guy looked like he was like 35. Mhm. At, at most. So,
1: good on him. Yeah, you know, he's doing something he's right. He's doing something right. But he was a um, very respectful interviewee. Yeah, and just a a, a nice guy. Very
0: energetic. Um, ready to talk about his work, and he was the one that we talked about when we asked him his inspirations. He didn't have one. Anyone specific in comics? It was more yeah. of like he said names, and I I don't.
1: You know, know going that. back a, a ways to the beginning mm-hmm. of. Uh, just this show, uh, Joel Adams' list of artists that were influences on him weren't all what I thought. Uh, really, he he well he had a couple that of names that I knew, but he had, he dropped a lot of names that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah, do you remember that one? I feel like I would have to think back to. He had a couple examples where I was like, I've actually never heard of that guy before. Yeah. Um, Randall dropped a couple names, mm-hmm. and his were more the sci-fi element. They yeah. weren't the. Uh, they weren't the. 'Cause he didn't say the Jack Kirby. No. But there, there I can't remember I mean, of course, everyone listening right now, because of the way we're gonna do this, is gonna know exactly what the interview says, but right now, you know, we're just you and I chatting, so Yeah. But anyways, it's not important. <laughs> no, not at all. But it was just kind of something I thought about. Yeah. I was expecting to hear like Ethan Van Siever, Ivan Rays, you know, mm-hmm. guy, Doug Man. is it Doug Mankey who did a lot of the uh Green Lanterns from about 2011?
0: I haven't invested a lot of time into the comics of that era, so... I thought you started reading around that era. Uh, Yeah, but I wasn't paying attention to artists. Okay. I was
1: paying attention to writers. Just like that art style of that time, Mm -hmm. I feel like those names would have been brought up more in the interviews this weekend. But but, not a single one. But not a single one, really.
0: Um, And then next was... Uh, a really cool guy that we started talking to, uh, more about non-comic things, uh, which was Matthew Southworth. Um, oh yeah, and he was a really cool dude. He lives in Seattle. He was a really and, interesting, cool guy. Yeah, uh, he was probably more your traditional artist. Yeah, in, in the in a way, like he was and he wasn't, but. He way- looked
1: like a guy who I would see in a comic book documentary. Right. right. He had that
0: look. Yeah.
1: And Let's get it. Yeah. It yeah. was. It was really cool talking
0: to him, and just the way that he talked about other, the writers especially. Yeah. It seemed like he knew. Uh, he knew more about the comic, the modern day comic book writers.
1: Yeah, and then even towards the end, he started talking about stuff, and we started kind of. I don't even know if the camera was rolling. We, st- we started talking about other comics and things, mm-hmm. and I remember we were talking about He's like, don't get me started on uh, Star Wars. He said oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, th- and then he said, um, even though he loves Batman Year One, which is like maybe his favorite mm-hmm. comic book of all time, yeah. he said he's not that big of a Batman fan. So yeah. I was like, wow, you and I are very different personalities. Yes. But no, he was super-duper cool. Really,
0: really cool, dude. Uh, so,
1: yeah, take it away. Hey guys, this is Origins and
0: Adaptations at I Like Comic Con, and I am Andrew. And I'm Cody. And this is... Matt Southworth. <laughs> uh, so, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? It's a beautiful I'm, day. Yeah. Huh? Pretty nice. Yeah. Doing pretty well. So, we just wanted to ask, uh, what got you into comics?
7: Mm-hmm. What got me into drawing comics or yeah. into reading comics? Uh, well, I've drawn since I was three, and um, it's that's how I learned to draw, was drawing superheroes and drawing... Uh, like I've got an early early drawing of the Batmobile, okay, mm-hmm. and then just it just all developed from that. My interest in art outside of comics came from being interested in comics. Okay. Wow, um, so
1: that's cool. Yeah.
8: yeah,
1: that's pretty pretty dope. Any pretty particular artist in general? Like obviously, there's so many iconic artists from like the 60s and 70s, like Neil Adams and Steranko, Obviously, those yeah. are some big ones. But
7: yeah, I Kirby. Mean, I, I'm a big fan of uh, well. I've got a bunch of Kirby comics I just bought about Kirby's a couple legend. hours ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Steranko. Um, my favorite comic artists, uh, like modern guys, would be like Darwin Cook and Paul Pope. Uh, older guys would be like Alex Toth. I love Alex Toth. and Bernie Kriegstein, okay. uh, guys that work for EC, Harvey Kurtzman. Um, and my two... Real serious favorites are Chris Ware, who is you know uh, sort of out of the world of comics, but still doing comics, doing stuff for the New Yorker and mm-hmm. and so forth. And this guy Tony Salmons.
1: Tony, I haven't heard that name actually. Yeah, I have to look into. Him. That's
7: why I said it that way because yeah. everybody's like, "Who?" Uh, yeah. Tony is this genius who did very few comics, and then like kind of bounces around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did this issue of Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange number sixty-four. Uh, that was back in the mid-80s and that kind of launched me on this whole thing. He's like, if you sort of took like Paul Pope and Kirby and slammed them together with a little bit of mental illness, that's, <laughs> you get the Tony Salmon's art style. It's amazing. Nice. I'm not saying that Tony's mentally ill. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying that it looks like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll have to look into it.
7: Yeah, you should. He's great. Definitely.
1: awesome.
0: Well, is there any, uh, highlights of your career that you look back on of any works that you're just probably proud
1: of or favorite work
7: yeah um, well I'm proud of Stumptown, town which mm-hmm. is what that's from uh, that's a tough question yeah. uh, <laughs> sort of like asking you know about old relationships any old <laughs> relationships you're really proud of yeah. uh, you know there are intermittent moments that I'm proud of mm-hmm. I enjoyed working on almost everything that I did yeah. and the few that I didn't I wound up with good stories, you know, so
0: speaking of Stumptown, I'm a huge fan of Greg Rucka. Uh And so how is it, uh, being able to draw and just talk to the guy, like pick his brain and stuff like that?
7: Well, the great thing about working with Greg is he's, he's almost transparent in his, in his, uh, in his feelings and his demeanor. So when you deal with Greg, you're really dealing with how he feels. He's not hiding stuff. He's not a political animal. Um, And I'm kind of the same way. So the good thing about that, when you're working with somebody who's as um, emotionally available to you, you can make work that's emotionally available. Mm. Like in Stumptown, there's uh, the character of Ansel uh, who has Down syndrome and so forth and is like kind of the emotional center of the book. Well, he was the emotional center of the book for me, too, as opposed to like if you're working on an issue of Batman with a guy who wrote a script and you never talked to him, and the editor has just hired you and just wants you to get it done and get it done and mm-hmm. get out of the way, you can't, the work that you do can't mean as much.
1: I see. So, yeah. Are there any particulars that you would really like to do, in any, any specific franchise uh, characters that you would like to do that you haven't? No, not really.
7: Um, I'm not as interested in characters as I am in the art that's, that's making something, and I mean art and story. Yeah. So the like, overall texture. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like there's a Doctor Strange story that I love, but I don't love Doctor Strange. Right. Uh, Batman Year One's my favorite superhero comic, I think. Uh, but I don't really care that much about Batman. You know, it's. I dare like like you! I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I no, better keep my voice down. No, no, no. Yeah. We're in a comic book (laughs) adventure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Don't Um, get me started on Star Wars.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) No. But uh, last but not least, um, anything you wanted to add as far as like that you want to promote or like anything that's most recent? Um, Well, the thing, unfortunately, I'm in a position where I can't
7: promote the thing that I'm working on right now. Oh. It hasn't been announced yet, but it's a big project. It's about 200 or so pages um i'm working on it with a novelist uh new york times best-selling novelist i don't know that i'm allowed to say yet okay uh but it's going to be interesting it's set in the pacific northwest uh, around seattle um in in that way it's going to resemble stumptown stumptown was heavily researched and was as accurate to portland as i could get it Mm -hmm. the same thing is going with this thing which takes place in uh, like, Fall City, it takes place on Vashon Island, uh, a I had family
1: stuff. that had a house there okay, as a so kid, you that's really cool, like, yeah.
7: You know, and hopefully the book will feel like where your family lived. If it wow. doesn't, then it kind of comes back to what I was saying about <laughs> the thing with Greg, it's like, I, I want to try and invest my work with as much personal texture as possible. Someone brought an issue of Stumptown for me to sign a few minutes ago that has guitars on the cover. Mm-hmm. And that's my, those are my guitars. That's my guitar room. Uh, So every time I see that, it's like, oh look, there's my stuff. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I try to do. And so this upcoming thing is a, is a big example of that.
0: That's great. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so be on the lookout just for whatever Matthew uh, Southworth is uh, bringing out. And so even though we can't talk about it, but (laughs) that's yeah. Go to my
7: website, which is matthewsouthworth.net. Uh, There's music on there, Um, there's comics, there's going to be some more comics. I've got a thing that I did for a publisher that canceled the book that I was going to be published in, so I hope to be able to take that and put that up on the website. So there should be a lot of stuff, and then in the next year, a 200-page graphic novel that I can't tell you anything about.
1: Epic. Sweet.
0: Well, thank you for uh, thank you. talking with us. Thanks so much for your time, Matthew. Nice to talk to you guys. We'll see you guys later.
1: Cheers. And that was Matthew Southworth. Matthew Southworth. Yeah. At least we said his name right.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did, which is hilarious because freaking Ben and you kept saying. <laughs> well, Ben made it so
1: funny, and then Ben.
0: Do, do we, uh, my brother, Ben, who was there he with filmed. us uh, filming all those. Actually, yeah, thing. shout out to Ben. Yeah. Shout out to Ben. Shout out to AJ. What the hell's uh, wrong
1: with us? We should have done this at the beginning. Yeah, well, uh, in the middle, Cody, <laughs> ben, is then, when you want to do it. I guess. No, maybe Maybe this is fine. Uh, I and then, then also
0: be- shout out to my friend Jeff Kunkel, who also l- lended us the recording equipment.
1: Yes, thank you um, so much, everyone. Yeah,
0: thank you for helping us out, making sure that this all get got done. I was just thinking, what if... Like when Ben first puts us on, he's like,
1: "Man, they didn't, they didn't first mention me." me. And then
0: like gets to middle. He's like, "I'm done. I'm done with this." <laughs> Before he gets to um, hear this,
1: part. yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: yeah. And so his interview was really, really cool, really fun. Mm. Uh, I loved just talking to him about Greg Rucka, who is an he's an author that I I follow and I like his stuff. And so I I threw that question in there asking him about him and I loved his response in saying that Greg is just really transparent. Mm. Like what he tells you is what uh is what he needs. Right. Which is different than when we were talking to uh the guy at the Neil Adams booth about Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill. Just oh yeah. Know, uh about how they didn't really Talk to each other.
1: Yeah. They had a camaraderie and mm-hmm. they had a business relationship. They yeah. didn't dislike each other, but to what I've heard in comic book documentaries and in an entry that either Denny or Neil wrote, I think it actually I think it actually was Denny O'Neill who said that. Um, but he, he said that was somehow the magic was that it was it was so business and they had everything so on point. So on lockdown yeah. that they didn't need to yeah, deal with that. That's really cool. It worked yeah. because they did it for two titles, and they kicked butt for you know decade for yeah. a, a decade, which uh, with each other. Obviously, they both have their other things yeah. outside. But for the did-
0: record, that usually doesn't work. Um, Probably not, but yeah. And you can usually tell when it doesn't work. Uh, you it always becomes to the point where the writer will say something, and then the artist. Will draw a different expression on the person's face. Mm-hmm. And then it just ruins what the author originally had entailed for it. So that
1: made me think about something. I mean, it happened with. Uh, Who was talking about that this weekend? This weekend? Yeah, this weekend I heard someone talk about how. Um, was it in Starenko's panel when he was talking about. Um, how the, he wanted the dude to change, or the dude wanted him to change, like, noses and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is Strankos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I googled uh Kim Novak. Very attractive. Yeah? Yeah. Very attractive woman. And I was yeah. just thinking, did every woman look this good in, in the 50s? <laughs> in the 50s. and 60s, because all those actresses that I see, yeah. like, not one of them is anything less than a 10.5. Yeah. And well, it's, it's just, it's Standards terrifying. were
0: different. Standards were different back then, well, uh, not even just that it it was a whole different world yeah. it was i i that was a joke, everyone I'm not saying like
4: yeah. standards
0: have <laughs> dropped uh I'm saying that they were made they were made that way mm-hmm. uh most of the time the actresses were that wasn't the true them mm-hmm. um which is cool nowadays that we do have actresses that look more like, everyday. they look, yeah, they look more of what they naturally are yeah uh. This took a turn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but back to the interview, <laughs> uh, it was just really cool to hear him talk about Greg Rucka and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what really in, uh, sparked your interest a lot more, which is the music, that he's a, a musician. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, was really cool. And that his artwork has... Some of his artwork has... Uh, his own instruments in it. His own instruments. And which to him is his like most proud work is or his highlight that he sees when someone brings that, he's like, oh, like, I live there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or I've been there, and it's really cool just to see all that art again um, when people bring it to get signed. Yeah. Which was cool, uh, because when he sat down afterwards, someone brought, like, a cover, and he goes, I recognize that. (laughs) And it's like, of course you do. You you, you drew it. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I recognize that. I recognize that. Um, and then last, but not, but not least, was probably one of the more interesting interviews, which was Christopher Sabella. Oh, yeah. Um, this guy. He was definitely, he, he was, he was a different he yeah He was a different guy, different character, really cool character. Mm-hmm. Like if I, I wanted to pick his brain more.
1: Yeah. But he was so tired. He was tired. I could tell yeah. he was tired and I could tell that guy probably has creative thoughts just oozing through him oh, at yeah. every second of the day, because mm. I thought that some of his responses um, were some of the most fascinating. Yeah, he thought out. The, the interview yeah. was not predictable at all. No, it wasn't.
0: Um, really cool stuff. He's done uh, writing for AVP. Uh, he's done writing for his own series. A lot of horror titles. Um, I think he did Blue Beetle. He did the the blue, Ooh. the DC Rebirth Blue Beetle, like uh, he wrote for that, and then he's currently working on one called Cold Wars, mm. uh, which is a which is an interesting uh, topic, mm. like an interesting setting that it has. Uh, so yeah, take it away. Hey guys, this is Origins and Adaptations, and we are here at I Like Comic Con. I am Andrew,
1: and I am Cody, and this is. Christopher Sabella. Nice. nice to meet you, Chris. How are you? Uh, Chris, Christopher, do you Chris care? Is Chris, okay.
0: Chris? <laughs> Uh Okay. So, before we start, I have been told that we have to ask you about your one month at the Clown sure. Hotel. So, if you could give a little bit
8: of that, because I know you have a book about it, right? I do, yeah. Um, yeah, I had this really stupid idea to go live at the Clown Motel for a month. Uh, as, like, a writing retreat basically, but then it got out of hand and I started a Kickstarter. So then I was legally obligated to stay oh. for a month. Um, so, yeah, and it's like a, a clown themed motel next to an abandoned graveyard in the middle of central Nevada. Um, so, yeah, we had stuff like uh, uh, there was a radioactive fallout at one point. Um, Weird animals on the road, blood mm. in my room, stuff like that. Actual clowns showed up. So, yeah, not not your average month. Like, just living in a motel for 30 days is bad. <laughs> living in that motel for 30 days was, like, even probably, like, twice as depressing. So. <laughs> Creepy.
0: <laughs> Sounds like it. Well, uh, to get started, first question, we just want to ask you, what, uh, what was your reasoning to get into either writing for comics or just writing in general?
8: Uh, I don't It's just like one of those things that since I was a kid, I always liked writing and I've had a number of different jobs and like every day job I've had, I've been fired from about 75% of them because I don't work well with bosses. And then freelancing. I mean, I've been freelancing for the last 11 years and it was basically that like, uh, right when the economy kind of collapsed in 2008, I was like, well, this isn't going to last. And I was like, well, I mean, the only thing I think I can really do well is write. So maybe I should try that because it's like that or get a job at a gas station. Yeah. So I tried writing and it somehow worked out. So. Well, I'm working at McDonald's or yeah, anywhere yeah. else
1: by a long shot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool gig. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and then if you have any inspirations for writing, like other writers, who
8: would that be? um yeah I mean nobody specifically like I'm I'm trying to get my reading back up it's the the hardest part of like becoming a writer is suddenly all that time I used to have to read is like gone now so mm-hmm. I I just try to like sort of curate my reading list as like a a, a sort of ongoing uh, inspiration board like I read a lot of nonfiction mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. Like, I'll just, like, pick an arc of comics to blow through one night just to revisit or uh, something I've never read before. So I I try to be like a sponge and just yeah. sort of soak up <laughs> everything and then get rid of the stuff that, like, has no use to me and keep the good Was stuff. Was there
1: an initial influence you had as a child or when you, whenever you started drawing?
8: Uh,
1: or, or, pardon me, right, drawing, writing.
8: Uh, I mean... Not really. I mean, as far as, like, comics goes, like, I guess, like, Grant Morrison's a big influence on me Mm -hmm. just in terms of, like, the sheer breadth of, like, what he's able to do and, like, the amount of strange ideas he can pack into a single issue. Right. Um, But, no, I mean, like, you know, I read stuff that my friends write and I find that really inspiring and, like, and I'll go back and read, you know, an old Batman arc from, like, 1987 and, like... Find that inspiring, so... Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I've... Also, I'm just, like, afraid of, like, attaching too much, uh, I guess, love to any one creator. Mm. -hmm. uh, Especially because a bunch of them, like, turn out to be monsters. So, (laughs) uh, so, yeah, I just, like, yeah, the world is my inspiration. Great answer. Yeah,
0: it's a good one. Yeah,
1: way more action-packed than I even thought it might be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything... uh, you, if you had to promote or anything like what you're going for right now as an artist as an artist as a writer I mean not like I see I'm a musician so like that or the word artist <laughs> keeps sure, popping sure. up but, but you are if you're a writer you are an artist because you're making yeah. you make okay. you're making content yeah so that's what I mean but anyways um, like what's your what's your mission right now what do you prom- what, what are you promoting mostly
8: um, I have a new creator own book from Aftershock called Cold War that comes out on Valentine's Day okay um, which is like a futuristic war horror book about uh suspension mm-hmm. like people who get their heads cut off and frozen uh it's basically that's the premise except when they wake up with their bodies regrown they're told like oh here's your gun and here's your uniform you have to fight in a war if you want to stick around here so wow. and they have to figure out where they are and who they're fighting and why and like all our main characters kind of have shady backstories as to why they got frozen so um everything else i kind of can't talk about i'm i mean i'm announcing two new books this month okay uh in like a week and a half so there'll be more about that um i mean yeah this is my year that i'm just doing a ton of creator-owned stuff like i have I have those two books. I have Cold War. I have another, like two other books, maybe three, mm-hmm. all creator own stuff coming out this year. So.
0: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's all awesome stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Well, is there any, um, throughout your career, is there anything that you are most proud of or that you look back and it's more of like a fond memory that you like looking back at,
8: maybe like in a, a lower point? Uh Yeah, I mean, I like all my books. I mean, the, the weird thing about, like, working on comics as a writer is, like, it's... I've never been good at keeping a journal, but, like, having these books on my shelves is, like, I can go back and, like, I can read my AVP story and remember, like, oh, here's where I, like, briefly sat in a room with Greg Rucka and, like, tried yeah. not to lose my cool. Yeah. And, like, I can remember all the, like... Heartbreak that went along with trying to do that and like getting sabotaged by movie studios and so I mean I don't know probably High crimes is the book that I look back on most fondly because it's it's if it wasn't for that book I wouldn't have any of my other books and you wouldn't be talking to me right now so yeah.
0: well thank you
8: for your time it yeah, was awesome so talking much, to you
0: uh, and we'll see you guys later thanks guys take care I would say with this one the most interesting was the clown motel. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that was totally bonkers. And when and he says Luce, Lu, it was Lucy Bellwood yeah, who told us to, to ask him, to ask
0: him, which was
1: yeah, and I was like,
0: "What the hell is she
1: talking about?" Yeah. And apparently, this is a real thing. It's a real thing.
0: It and it's not even. It doesn't
1: even sound like a like a clown motel. You can see in the interview too. I'm so tired that I didn't even. It didn't even register to me what yeah. he was talking about at the time. And then I was like. He's talking about being a damn clown (laughs) motel. That's so it's just so bizarre. For those who do
0: not know what that is, it's it's a hotel that is decorated Mm -hmm. with clowns. Like, it is just clown themed all the way through. Which is creepy it within itself. But not only, only that, it is next to a graveyard. Yeah. And like he talks about how
1: he woke up and found blood. In his room? Yeah. And it's like... I was like, like I've been what? reading The Shining. Yeah. You're telling me this, because I have been, everyone. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is going to give me nightmares, because now I'm hearing someone talk about that. Yeah.
0: And he didn't want to stay there for a month, but apparently he kickstarted started it, and they got him there, so he had to stay there for a month. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Really cool dude, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking to him. Uh, way taller than me. Yeah. And so, like, me trying to hold up the mic to his mouth was an interesting time.
1: Yeah, but, it was It was all... I think that was the thing that was most different was how the artist or the writer handled the mic. Yes. Because some people made it super easy. They they wanted to take the mic and hold it themselves. Which yeah, was,
0: Lucy did. Yeah, Lucy, Lucy did that. Was Lucy great. grabbed the mic,
1: Was I was like,
0: Whoo-hoo, Whoo-hoo, I don't <laughs> have to do this. Uh, the one that I went on for longer than I thought and I had to keep switching hands. The most mm-hmm. was probably Joel Adams. Yeah. Uh, well, uh,
1: he would list off examples and after examples. Yeah, so I yeah. think after a while you're
0: like, oh, ow,
1: ow, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I, and so I had to switch the mic uh, in hands a couple of times,
1: and so that's always. I'm funny. gonna look for that on the uh, on the video once we get I it. I don't even know if I want to watch the video. I hate
0: I. Uh, not only do I not like how I sound, but I also don't like how I look. But uh, <laughs> you're so mean to yourself, I know, Andrew. I know. I uh, know. But that's all the interviews you're we have. You're a beautiful man, Andrew. This week, Chris. Thank, thank you, you Chris. for chiming in, Chris. You're a beautiful man. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy
1: to have you as my roommate. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's good. That's good.
0: <laughs> we had an awesome time, dude. It was at I
1: like, super Kelly's uh, swagalistic, S- awesome, awesome, feeling. hella dopeness. Dopeness. Awesome hella dopeness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Didn't need any help from me that an original? <laughs> no, it's, Man. A, it's it's a parody. It's kinda like Al Yankovic style. Love Wait, it. Wait, but it wasn't original. It was an original parody.
8: It was an original parody.
1: I'm actually being totally full of crap. I'm pretty sure there's a t shirt that says that on it. So oh, you read it off the t-shirt. It's like yeah, it's super cali, swagalistic, and then it's either awesome or sexy hella dopeness. And I remember that came out. You ruined That, that, it. that shirt you was out like it. ten
0: years ago. It's like the Starman, Starman all over again. This whole what are you talking about? Okay, what ruined it? So I, you got a Starman. I got a Starman with the Starman David Bowie on it. Yeah, which wh- wh- is dope. The, the lightning it's bolt, dope. Uh, and when I first when I saw it, I was like, I need this. Yeah, I like, remember that. I, I was like, really that cool. is a Starman, Starman. That's incredible. And I, so I'm up there buying it. And the guy is like, "Yeah, I did this with a couple of other characters too." I'm like, "No, you don't tell me that. You tell me <laughs> this was like you saw Starman. And you're like David Bowie's Starman. Yes, the Lightning Bolt. Like, it yeah, no, there. that was That's just
1: that. And then Starman uh, from from Mario, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I had to double check that because it's, it's been fine, a couple years fine. since I played Mario.
0: Yes, it's the the Starman that makes you invincible. And he told he tells me that I'm just like, man, don't don't ruin this. Don't ruin this for me right now. So, like, I thought this was the original idea. <laughs> no, apparently you took other characters. This one's the best one. I don't want a Darth Vader with a David Bowie star on it or lightning. That's Bolt. interesting. I don't want a, you know, other characters. Yeah. It's like it's
1: Starman See, star I, would, I just would have assumed he only did it because it's Starman. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But so. That's really funny. There was a couple of other really cool artists. Um, I can't remember her name. Meg and i can't remember her last McKinley? name kinley no it was a multi-syllabic last name it was very long but she was super cool yeah ben and, ben bought some of her artwork yes yeah. he bought her twin peaks one okay. and her what we do what we do in the shadows piece i believe as yes. well yes yes which was super cool it was it was pretty dope and then i asked her if she had any stephen king stuff and she disappointed me when she said she didn't like stephen king and <laughs> yeah. i was like you know there's no accounting for taste i get it like you know <laughs> no but for 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 real everyone can have their opinions but oh man that hurt you well it, see the thing is it only works for me if you don't like stephen king that only works if you're just not into edgier stuff then I totally understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: she was into like Twin Peaks. But you can she be into be, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, anyone who's into edgy stuff and doesn't like Stephen King, I don't trust them.
0: I think it was more she didn't like reading Stephen King. As opposed to the characters. Maybe she doesn't like reading. That's true. But you know, uh, Speaking of
1: Stephen King I like how I'm talking like, so much trash about this gal, but she was one of the nicest people the She was the nicest the person.
0: Uh, we talked to her for a long time. Yeah. Um. We Luce, highly Lucy were, was really nice, too. Yeah,
1: Lucy was Ron. Really nice. Ron was awesome.
0: Ev- every- everyone. Everyone was everyone cool.
1: Was Those are the highlights. That yeah. doesn't mean we think any less of you. No. Uh,
0: everyone was awesome. Uh, I think my favorite joke that we kept making was we walked past the Neil Adams booth... Mm-hmm. And he had on one side all of his stuff that he's drawn that was original artwork, mm-hmm. and then on the other side was, like, non-original characters that he had just drawn either commissions for or that he just, like, drawing for. Oh, gosh. I oh, yeah, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them was Pennywise, and it was the new Pennywise. It wasn't the old one. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was, you're like, is that Pennywise? Mm-hmm. And you're like, he didn't do Pennywise. And then AJ and I were like, no,
1: don't you know Cody?
0: Neil well, Adams is didn't, the original. First, didn't someone
1: else say something? I thought first someone was like, <sighs> like, yeah, of course it was,
0: <laughs> yeah. But it was just like Neil Adams was the original Pennywise <laughs> creator, either, yeah. And so. The whole time, AJ and I were just like... So we were, coming around, we, we were coming
1: around a corner, and then, of course, yeah. there's all this artwork, yeah. and I didn't realize that the whole thing was Neil Adams, because yeah. his booth is ginormous. Oh, that's right. You did so, say, it. is this I Neil mean, Adams? It was so yeah. far away from where he was actually yeah. sitting, because yeah. like Steranko's, it was a huge yeah. booth. So basically, I'm coming around the corner, and I see all these characters that look like a familiar art style, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I don't remember Neil Adams ever doing ever this doing or this? that. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, this is just his take on... yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone else, and he did this amazing Pennywise. From it's In. really good, super cool. Along with, of course, you Wonder have, Woman, and you and you have your cover that you bought, which is um yeah. with uh
0: the Green Lantern. It was
1: Speedy, Lan- right? Yeah, Speedy doing heroin. Yeah, the classic one. Yeah. uh your ward is a junkie. Yeah, that one. And then, um, I got the Batman. It's like the demon. Returns. I can't remember the name of the title of the issue, but it's the the classic one where Batman is on the ground, on the ground with the sword stuck yeah. next to him, and Ra's al Ghul has his costume. Yeah, yeah. So he he had a lot of cool artwork there. And anyways, I just didn't realize that it was all Neil Adams. <laughs> yeah, it was. But you
0: guys it, harassed me the I, entire we day. We did. We did. And then anytime we saw a Pennywise, we're like, oh, that's a cool Pennywise. But you know, it's nothing compared to the original creator neil adams <laughs> Like every time we just kept saying that oh over and over God. and over uh and it was a it was the awesome. second time
1: you guys said that i i, I laughed so hard yeah <laughs> after i got really angry for a second <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness Other
0: than that, there was really cool toys there Now Uh, I see the funny side Yes. Now I'm always smiling There was a lot of um, vintage stuff there Cody, you got some really cool stuff
1: So one booth had everything It was all action figures It had everything half off And it had a Luke Skywalker For eight and a Picard For three or for uh, Six No, seven I, th- I think it was seven bucks six bucks because it was seven bucks altogether, and so there was one for I can't a remember four. what i I can't remember what I paid for the Picard but okay it, anyways, I think you're right actually I mean less than four bucks for both of them yeah e- individually I mean but yeah it was great um one, so one was the dark side expanded universe Luke Skywalker, okay, a rarer star Wars toy they didn't make a it for very long they also had the original like the original toy set, Star Wars toy set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had the Death Star detention block toy set. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And there were way more booths at this event than I thought there would be. Same. So that's a good thing. Yeah,
0: this I, is the first. I one. hope
1: it was a, a success. Shout out to Chris. Ooh, are we gonna talk more at all more about uh, Staranko's panel? Uh,
0: if you want. I mean, this is at this point we're just talking about I like Comic Con, so.
1: So. I just want everyone to know that Jim Strank was a really cool guy, yeah I I don't think we I don't think we can we cannot touch on that because he had so many memorable stories and I already liked him because of mm-hmm. what he had to say about Bob Kane, yeah and then the respect for bill finger
0: the the only thing that made me laugh, um I mean he made me he's a funny guy, and so yeah, but made me laugh on the inside, not like actually laugh mm-hmm. is and Ben thought the same thing is how many times he would say. You know who this guy is? He's oh, like, yeah. Or I saw this guy and it like expecting people to know, and like no one in the room mm-hmm. knew who he was talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is something yeah. older East Coast men yeah. do. I, I think you're told.
0: I would say it would be different if we grew up on the East Coast. Yeah. It might be different. Like on the West Coast here, there's a lot more. Um, We know more people from this area, this side. Yeah. Side of the. States. And also, so, he's
1: a wise old sage. He's old. and But he he knows so much and he goes back so far that yeah. he, he might forget that those are names that have been obscured yeah. as decades go by. Because mm-hmm. um, there were, yeah, most of the names he dropped I didn't know. Yeah, But usually, if someone name drops, I assume it's an important person. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's not like I'm going to name drop Tom, but the name dropping kept getting less obscure as the panel went on. Cause it, it did. By the end, he was like Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. Yeah. yeah, he's like he's like I'm here with Stan Lee. Yeah, but he he did do the whole you know this guy. Yeah, and then we're just like, but nope. but I'll tell you why I think he does it because uh, it's a good inter it's a good way to introduce a subject. I feel he did that for Bill Finger. He said, mm-hmm. you know Bill Finger. Yeah, and, and he said it like out of some silence and like mm. everyone just like, yeah, just like uproared. So maybe for specific people, it's got a bigger impact. And it was it was weird
0: to see. I think because it was later in the day that there wasn't that many people there. But every other panel before that, it seemed like it was packed. Yeah, I don't. I. It was were weird. Pe- were people just leaving? I think that's. I think it was. It was getting near the end of the day. Uh. Also, his line took forever because yeah. he was taking fifteen to twenty minutes with each person, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think those people are willing to step out of line yeah. to <laughs> go to his panel because they wanted his signature. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah,
1: overall it was pretty
0: great, though it was a it was a good show. Uh, I'm excited for next year if it if it happens again.
1: Um, oh, I have to talk about. Uh- seeing neil adams again oh yeah so i had i had a unique story the first time that i met him at wizard world a couple years ago but did i tell you about what he said I i know i told kevin did i tell you what what he said to me when i got up to the front no okay so i got up to the front and i very jokingly awkwardly say you're my favorite writer oh yeah and I had my hands awkwardly at my side, yeah. and my head was like. Did You say writer down. or artist? Huh? Did you say writer or artist? Writer. Oh no. Oh, I said. I said artist. Okay. Yeah. That's the second time that done that. Yeah. Um, only it was vice versa before. Yeah. 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 No. Anyways, uh, I, I was like, "You're my, you're my favorite ever," or, or something like that, to be funny. Yeah. And he goes, "Say this guy said the same thing," and he <laughs> <laughs> points to the guy in line. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Neil Adams. <laughs> yeah. He's such a. Goob, yeah, but he's funny, he's he's great, yeah. Um,
0: so I don't know, I, I had to share that definitely, yeah. Well, we want to thank the I Like Comic Con crew for allowing us to be there. Um, we want to thank all the interviewees, interviewees, right? Interviewees, interviewees for putting on a, a good interview, uh, good wholesome one, good wholesome interview, giving us some good feedback, and then. I uh, want to thank Chris at I like Com- I like Comics, the owner. Chris, yeah, um, thank you. It's been for putting on this awesome an honor. I think awesome I've been comic. I've been
1: going to him to get comic books for a decade now. Okay, it's been seven years for me. But uh, if not, then going on a decade. Yeah. It's definitely been over eight years. He's
0: a really cool guy, and we recommend going to I like Comics for your comics, hundred uh, percent.
1: For anyone Definitely who, go there. yeah, for anyone who grew up going to comic book stores in the nineties when everyone was just super dark and introverted and and hard, hard to like talk that. to, everyone and I like comic books. Uh, comic, <laughs> I like Everyone, and everyone and I like comics is so pleasant and mm-hmm. so engaging. Yeah, and Chris just really takes care of his customers. He
0: does. Uh, takes care of his store. It looks awesome. awesome. Um, he just he really knows what he's doing. I think it is the biggest com- comic book store in
1: the Pacific Northwest. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Um, so that yeah. that wasn't just for effect. I actually did not know that. I haven't been to Cosmic Monkey though. I've never been there. Okay, I d- they were there, weren't they? I didn't see a booth. I know they that
0: very well may have. I know that uh, Excalibur was there.
1: They were the ones with Neil Adams. Yeah, I know Excalibur was there. Yeah, that's. That's a good one. But anyways, I like comics is just really cool. Yeah, really cool store. So thank Neat. you
0: for tuning in this week. Yeah, uh, thanks so. for a I like Comic Con special. And we'll see you t- we'll be back with our normal segments next week.
1: It's Andrew and Cody signing off. To talk about Black Panther. Okay. So that's this weekend. <laughs>
2: it's Andrew
1: and Cody. It's origins and adaptations. Take care.